It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Got a big show lined up for you today. We'll talk about the results from Atlanta. We'll talk a couple of headlines. Turn number two, Ben Glantz of the uh, Four Corners Fire and Safety team is going to join us. And we're going to talk about their event coming up Saturday at Eagle Raceway. So make sure you listen for that coming up in turn number two. Dirk, uh, headlines first. We've got a couple of little pieces. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, Kevin Harvick announced that he's going to be running a special number 29 at the all-star race to uh, pay tribute to his first cup series win. Uh, it's going to be uh bush light uh, as the primary sponsor with mobile one, but kind of the same paint scheme as the number 29 that he won in uh, at his first uh, career win uh, 2001 at Atlanta motor speedway. Right. That's what it was. I don't remember if that was his, I want to say it was his third race, but I could be wrong. But because uh, 2001 was uh, when Dale Senior was killed in Daytona, and then Kevin took the ride, but they switched the car number, mm-hmm. and uh, he won very very quickly. Like I said I don't know second, third, fourth race. So I thought it would have been cool if he did run it just past weekend at Atlanta. I thought that would have been cool. Yeah, but he chose it for the All Star race, so that's the way it is. That was, yeah, that would have been his third career start. Okay, yeah, so I right the first time when I said third. So yeah, third or fourth. kind of a yeah. cool story about that car. Uh, Kevin told a story, I believe he told it on Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s podcast, um, Dirty Mo Media, that um, Kevin had tested that car several times the previous season, and he found a lot of speed out of it, and they took it to Dale. And Dale went and tested it one day and came back in and said, put that car in the junk. I hate that car. I'm never going to drive that car again. That thing's a piece of junk. So they kind of set it aside. Well, after Dale was killed and Kevin kind of got got the use of the first two races that he raced, they put that car. That's the car he raced at Atlanta. And he just absolutely stomped the field with it. Just he absolutely loved that car. And he said, that's my favorite car I've ever driven. Now, I don't know if he quite stomped the field, but he won the race. Yeah, that's yeah. It, but he he loved that car and it was incredibly fast. And it it, it I guess it kind of goes to one of those stories that just because you set a car up a certain way doesn't mean everybody's going to win in it or at least have success in it. Dale Earnhardt Sr. hated it and he didn't want to race with it. He was obviously a successful guy, but Kevin Harvick loved it and he made it work at Atlanta later that year. Yep. All right, other news and uh, news and notes. Denny Hamlin has done a 180. He has decided to appeal the penalty. Do you suppose it was Joe Gibbs that decided to say, hey, Denny, um, we would like an opportunity to get those points and money back, so please shut up as we're going to appeal this penalty? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you, because I don't, I don't think that one's got a chance of being overturned. Yeah. Yeah, I mean – he come out, you know, and said, hey, NASCAR, look what I did. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. So I think that's a done deal. I, I, you know, I don't know if it cost them anything to appeal. 
That's um, the that's the question that we have got to get answered over down in Kansas in May. Uh, is that is there a font or a, a, a uh, an appeal fee? Because if I'm, not, I'm going to say no. I don't think there is. I think I'm leaning that way too. Because otherwise, you know, if it was a thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or something, that if you lost the appeal, maybe you got it back. I don't. Or you won the appeal, maybe you got it back. I don't know what it would be a bit. But if there was a monetary fee involved, I think that it would deter teams from trying an appeal, even if they felt like they had a case. Uh, also, I think it would. Uh, it, I, I don't think Denny would be appealing it. Yeah, like I said, I, you know, I really don't know why he is. So I, you know, like I said, it might be Joe that's doing it. Um, it might be the crew chief. Well. No, it wouldn't be him because he's not suspended in this deal anywhere. Nobody got mm-hmm. suspended. Um, but yeah, my guess would be the own app and maybe a sponsor. Why not take a shot? I mean, who knows? Maybe they can come up with a good argument. Hell, I've argued my way out of worse situations. <laughs> maybe just yeah, wore him down. But this is I I love this because this is a prime example of why um very few times do drivers actually admit they rough the driver up because even if it is the most blatant of situations, uh, I don't know what happened. I lost the brakes. Uh, what was, what was Matt Kenzie's hey, deal? Yeah. Okay, Matt. <laughs> Everybody knew what happened. You didn't lose the brakes, <laughs> but Matt doesn't come out and say, Oh yeah, I, I bear you know, cause, cause then you basically are calling on NASCAR to, to intervene. If Denny would have came out and just said, I don't know what happened, I don't think we'd be in this situation. But the fact that he went on his podcast and said, it was no mistake, I wrecked him. Now it kind of almost dares NASCAR to do something. He didn't exactly say that, but I mean, he said, he goes, you're going with me. But uh, that's exactly what Elton Sawyer said on on his interview when they were talking about all this stuff. He said, we just viewed it as a racing deal until he came out on his podcast and said otherwise. Yeah. You know, that's why I just, I don't think that one's going to be on uh, overturned. Speaking you know? of penalties, Caleb Racing has decided they're going to appeal their um, L2 penalty levied by NASCAR. We know Hendrick Motorsports is going to appeal or has appealed Caleb Racing. The other team that was hit with that, the 31 car, uh, is going to appeal theirs. And... You, oh, you mean just, college racing? College, yeah. Sorry, um, <laughs> I say that wrong almost every time, don't I? Oh, I was trying to figure out who you were talking about. Hey, Me too. Uh, oh, college. Okay. <laughs> but you kind of feel like they got a, at least Hendrick has got a pretty good chance of winning this appeal. Well, I'm not the only one. Like I said, when it first happened, I said, "Why did they let him go on the track with the parts?" Yeah. You know, I never saw that happen. I saw plenty of parts taken off going through inspection. You know, but you got Tony Stewart, you got Clint Boyer, you got Larry Mack, you got Jamie McMurray saying NASCAR kind of screwed the pooch on this deal. You know, they said they are putting out a penalty that's just like a post-race inspection penalty. And the parts were never in competition at any time. The practice was a voluntary practice they were in. The, uh, The inspection was voluntary that they saw the parts were bad and didn't take them. Do you remember if Brad Keselowski's penalty on the six team last year, if that was post-race or was that pre-race? It was post-race. Okay. 
And I mean, obviously NASCAR feels like they've got some reason to do this, but we'll see if, if the appeals panel, uh, agrees with them are they are they hearing that this week i haven't heard yet when they're going to be doing that appeal yeah i haven't heard yet either i haven't seen it in print anywhere but um like nascar just plain messed up if they would have gone and taken the parts and never you know never said they were good and let them go on the track or anything like that you know they didn't let them in competition but the fact that they let them you know kind of go along with their business like they were okay. I mean, all the that's never happened. That's a, that's a new precedent they're trying to set, and I don't think it's a good precedent. Well, I, I, I get the feeling, and you'll know this better than me, but I, I get the feeling that they made a mistake letting them back out on the racetrack. And instead of well, saying, well, back up, they hadn't been on the track yet. Well, okay, so they made a mistake letting them out onto the racetrack. They made a mistake not taking them right when they thought they were right. bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And instead of, I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, what are they supposed to do at that point? Just say, well, I, we let them out for practice. So I guess they get to race them at the race at the, on the, uh, during the race. No, no, they don't have to do that. They can still come and take the part, but why penalize them? Like they already ran the race. A deterrent to not let other teams do this i mean this is a huge penalty because yeah, it's it's compounded it's because it's four cars penalty well is there anything in the rule book that states that a post-race penalty is most is supposed to be more severe than a non-post-race penalty no but this had nothing everything they did had nothing to do with competition that would be like you walk into their shop and you see them with a car that's down to a one-tenth scale car and they and you see it, but you don't say anything to them about it. And then they bring it to the track, and you let it go through inspection, and they go practice, and then you penalize them for it. When they saw the supposed illegal parts, they should have been confiscated immediately. Yeah, but again, they weren't. But they didn't do that. Why? Right. Why didn't you do that, NASCAR? Are you did, setting a trap for somebody? What are you doing? Or did an official just not report it? Did some lines get crossed? Did something get messed up in the communication? No, because, because they didn't tech the car a second time. They just come took the parts. That's why yeah. there's not just one guy at a tech station. That's why there's three or four people standing there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope that if these, these penalties stick, NASCAR's got some sort of an explanation because I think they do owe it to the fans and the teams to understand their thought process. Yeah, like I said, you got guys like Tony Stewart and but Boyer's standing well, in that little post stand. Something smells here. Well, I, I, you know how much I love Tony, but when it comes to telling NASCAR how they should handle things, I, I, I <laughs> I'm not entirely sure Tony's the right guy. Well, he's been on the wrong side know, of telling NASCAR how to do things for quite a few years. Tony made him change the lug nuts. Well, he also got fined for doing that. Yeah. All <laughs> right. Um, did you see your buddy? Was it Ray that was uh, that that went over and? Caught uh caught up with Josh Williams during the Xfinity race. What was his name? Oh yeah. Yeah, it was Ray that went and took yeah. him to the uh <laughs> made sure he went to the infield care center. Do you think Josh is gonna get hit with some pretty good penalties on Tuesday? I don't know because I don't know exactly what he did wrong. Kind of gave NASCAR the middle finger, I think. I mean no, that, he, it, he put up a peace sign. It's not well, yeah, it's the actions that mean more. I mean, 
parking you got parked because you brought out a caution so you <laughs> delayed the caution even longer they would have wanted the car in the garage that's what they should have told them to do 92 to the garage 91 to the garage whatever mm-hmm. you know that's what they told kevin harvick back in 2002 i think it was when he spun uh Coy gibbs <clears throat> he said you know take the six to the garage yeah well they did command him to the garage didn't they <clears throat> What's that? They did command him to the garage. Uh, not Thompson the other day. They just told him to park it. So he did. He parked it. Oh, I, I thought I saw stuff that they said, uh, you know, whatever car number to the garage. Well, uh, if they he... said that and he parked it on the straightaway, he's got a fine coming yeah. or a one-way suspension or something. And like he said, go ahead and find me. I can't pay it anyway. <laughs> and then I believe Denny Hamlin volunteered to pay the fine. Probably. Because if Denny's he not said, in enough trouble right before. now. Yeah. Hamlin's done that before. He's got cars on the track before and stuff. So didn't um Kyle Bush pull this before? He parked it on pit road and got out, right? Um trying to think. I remember something like this. This was a little bit of a different situation. I'm starting to remember it now. I believe he had front end suspension damage and he tried to turn into the garage, but he couldn't get the car to turn. So he backed up and just got out and walked off. And well, well, because like two races earlier he went in the garage. And they said he went too fast because oh, the front end was yeah. broke and he had to he had to fishtail it to get it around the wall and start into the garage. And yeah. so they said he was too fast. So this time he just parked it in front of the opening and let his crew push it in. So slightly different situation, but I'd be interested to see how NASCAR handles this. For for the sake of him not being a, a big team, I, I hope he doesn't get a point a fine. I mean, then again, Denny's going to pay it. So it'd be kind of funny if NASCAR came out with like a $300,000 fine. <laughs> well, they'd have a hell of a time justifying it. Yeah. <laughs> but and even, uh, even in the Xfinity series, you know, it might be a $5,000 fine or something right. like that. If they really want to, you know, I mean, everybody heard Hamlin say he's going to pay the pet, you know, going to pay the fine, you know, hell, they might as well fine him five bucks and suspend him a race. Yeah. You know. But Hamlin didn't say he'd, you know, do any suspensions. He just said he'd pay the fine. So. Yeah. Uh, talking about the race at Atlanta, as far as the Cup Series is concerned, I didn't get to watch any of it. It was a crazy day at the pub, and we had NCAA basketball on. I tried to look up and watch as much racing as I could. I caught a couple of glimpses, and it looked like there was some pretty competitive racing. W- what did you see? Well, yeah, it was like a super speedway race for – 90% of the time, it was just follow the leader. Mm. The only reason Logano ended up winning is because of the crash. You know, that's kind of becoming the norm here at the races lately is a late a late yellow and somebody else wins the race. Yeah. Um, but, oh. yeah, you know, the pre-race show got a lot of press time on all the NASCAR pages. Let's roll through some of the, the poor finishers here. What happened with Kevin Harvick? He uh, was leading, and uh, Ross Chastain, everybody was booing Ross because they thought he hit Harvick, but Harvick said, I don't think he touched me. I think he just got close enough. I got loose. Mm. What happened with he William was, Byron? He got involved in a wreck. What, now, was William Byron uh, – I, I did see a clip of Kevin Harvick going around. I didn't see what happened to him, so was William Byron involved in that one too? I'm thinking that's the one Byron was involved in, yes. Yeah, because they both finished uh, – Harvick finished 190 laps. Byron finished 192. So maybe Byron was able to go out for a little bit more. 
Uh, Kyle Larson finished 208, 208 laps. He finished 31st. Looked like a hard hit for him. Yep, he got into it with uh, Eric Almirola. And they speaking, okay, Eric Almirola then finished 30th. Uh, Bubba Wallace, 27th. Did he, what happened to him? Bubba Wallace spun himself out all by himself on about the 10th lap and hit the inside wall on the track mm. straightaway. And so it, it wasn't super terrible damage, but yeah, he was down two laps here and you know then he kept losing laps and well if it's i mean atlanta's a very fast track so it's an error dependent track right yeah i don't remember if he was involved in another accident he might have got to that point and just and pulled off because maybe he wasn't going to be able to improve any spots or something yeah it looks like he finished uh five laps down yeah and maybe he may well he was probably still on the track yeah it says he was running on the score sheet so Okay, yeah, I just didn't know if he was involved in any of those late race, race crashes or not. But. Joey Logano was the man of the day, finished uh, uh, one stage one, second in stage two, 59 points on the day, picking up the win. Brad Keselowski looked like a good battle between him and Brad Keselowski there at the, at the closing laps. Well, yeah, just the last three or four laps, but Logano didn't have a prayer if, if uh, cautions don't happen because he was 20th when Harvick crashed, and I think he restarted um 13th uh with pit stops and stuff and then you had the next crash with larson and almirola and he gained a few more spots but yeah he got back to the front thanks to the cautions brad kozlowski in second christopher bell in third Corey lajoy best career finish for him in a cup series race finished fourth tyler reddick top five then it was denny hamlin ryan blaney eric jones ty gibbs and kyle bush who'd you end up taking for sunday I took Hamlin. Okay. I took Blaney. So you got me by three points. Yeah. Well, I actually moved up. I don't remember how many spots I moved up this week. I moved up a handful of spots, but you know, if that, once that uh, thing goes through, I might move up a whole bunch of spots. If I still had my hundred points, I'd be in fourth place. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's, I had a couple of emails come in this weekend of like, Hey, why am I negative points? Well, sorry to tell you, but here's what happened. And yeah, frustrated people, but currently leading the points. Miss O'Doom, I believe that is. Oh, no, that is Mike Cleaver's wife. I was thinking that was uh, Jim Blazina's (laughs) wife, who's a past champion of the uh, Pickham's contest. Miss Racing Realtor. She's down in 20th. But uh, let's see, where's Dirk at? 46th, I think. Yep, 46th. I'm sitting 64th, so I'm making progress. I just need those. I need Denny's Denny's penalty to be reversed, and I need the Hendrick penalties to stick. And then I need, <laughs> then I need a lot more luck. I don't, think, I don't think you'd catch me if even that happened. Yeah, I've got 64 points. I'm 149 points behind the leader. So I'm, I'm a full two and a half races behind. I think I'm 113 back. It's early in the season, but it's, but it's already looking pretty rough for me. <laughs> I'm 113 or 112 back. I don't remember. But if you've got 25 points from Denny, you still wouldn't be in front of me. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, all those points, by the way, the penalties did get applied. If the penalties are reversed, they'll get reversed and everybody will get their points back. So it'll be a big shuffle in the points. I, uh, I love. 
I I honestly love for the Hendricks cars to get seventy five points back. Yeah, and a whole I, bunch I, of their money back. I think they're gonna they're gonna get alleviated some of the uh, the the penalty. There's still going to be a penalty, but it's gonna be a lot less. Yeah, I look at twenty five points because they still did take a car with illegal parts to the track. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they never got to qualify the car, officially practice the car, officially race the car. The part was never in competition. Yeah, and, and see, that's where I kind of disagree with you. I, I don't think it matters if it was in competition. You bring a single source part to the racetrack that's modified. I think you should you should face a penalty. I don't know if I agree that it should be a 100-point penalty. Maybe 25 or 50, but I, I don't think it matters if it hits competition or not. You, you modify a single source part, and you need to get hit with a penalty, especially if NASCAR is trying to uh, curtail this. I'd have to go back and look up because I don't think Hamlin got a hundred point penalty after he won the race at Pocono. Hmm. And that we will was a single sort part. We will see. And we'll be back in turn number two. Ben Glantz of the Four Corners Fire and Safety Team is going to join us in turn number two. We're going to talk about their event coming up this Saturday at Eagle Raceway. Hang tight, Dirk and I'll be right back. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the Pubcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Tailored Computers and Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's going to run faster, cooler, and the battery's going to last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number three, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Plus for all the great sights, sounds, and smells, including watching the Blue Jays, the Creighton Blue Jays play. I believe they're set to play on Sunday night uh, as they uh, won their way into the Sweet 16. That'll all be, uh, actually, is that Friday night I think they play, not Sunday night. If they win on Friday night, I think they get a chance to play on Sunday, so... Uh, either way, the, uh, the the game will be on big screens as well as all the uh, March Madness action will be on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube. <laughs> Joining us on the show now is, um, I last week I called him the head of the Four Corners Fire and Safety Team, and I could almost hear him kind of cringing as, uh, Ben, are you officially like the head of it or are you just kind of one of the major contributors? Yeah, no, I'm the president of okay. our 5013C that we have, yeah. Got it. Okay. Ben Glantz joining us on the show now. 
one of the great members and uh, apparently the president of the Four Corners Fire and Safety Team at Eagle Raceway. You guys have got a little bit of an event coming up on Saturday that you're trying to get some uh, some extra safety teams out there to uh, to discuss and learn. Yeah, absolutely. So, oh, last fall, I know we checked, or, excuse me, last fall we chatted a little bit about opening up maybe just some other tracks and just kind of see what other people are doing and and seeing how we're doing things. And, um, yeah, we, we took advantage of that. Talked to Racine and Roger. They gave us the green light. And uh, this Saturday at Eagle Raceway, we hope to have about four or five other tracks coming up from Iowa and Kansas to join us in training. And the whole point of it is just to practice what we do every year and maybe get some new ideas for some other folks. There's going to be different types of cars out there, too, for them to work with, right? Not just sprint cars or maybe just a, a modified. Yeah, correct. Uh, my wife, Taylor, she really helped me out a lot because she checks the drivers in every weekend there at Eagle. But, um, yeah, we got a sprint car. We got a uh, super late model. We got a modified, a hobby stock, and then maybe even a sport compact. So, do you guys yeah, do we, we got all five divisions. Do you guys do any training on school buses? Because, <laughs> you know, we probably should uh, start considering that as well as uh, any other compact car for that rollover competition, yeah. too, I think. So. Especially if Jordan Grabowski, Kyle Vanover, and Jeff Ware are going to be in the same race together. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. Bus. In a stock car, they, they keep it pretty straight and pretty clean, but but you get them in a in a in a uh, school bus and the the gloves come off. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It is definitely a fun show to watch, and uh, yeah, you get a little nervous every now and again. But uh, yeah, we, we figure it out. <laughs> uh, so this this kind of developed as is like you said a way to practice getting drivers out correct methods for uh, taking care of them safety wise because that's obviously very important of making sure that. You're not doing any damage while you're extracting the driver out of the car. Um, what else, what other type of things are you guys going to be covering that day? Yeah, so we have about four different areas that we're going to set up, uh, including the tow crew guys are actually going to be out there and kind of show off some of their stuff, what they do with different classes. Um, the biggest one we're going to be looking at is like fire safety training. Uh, we will have live fire exercises with uh, the alcohol and methanol fuels. Uh, with our purple K's and other things and stuff that we use. Um, and then we're also actually going to cutting up actual frames too. We have uh, two sprint car frames and one modified frame um, that we're going to be actually cutting on to just do some practicing and, and things like that because we don't get that chance very often and, and not that we ever really want to, but it's just something good to do and, and, and you know, think about, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's nice. For the drivers, if all the different tracks are on the same page, because then when, when things happen, they kind of know what to expect. Yeah, no, totally agree. And that's what we look really forward to seeing. Uh, I know some of the guys from like Belleville, uh, some of the guys from uh, Beatrice and a couple of the tracks, we really look forward to seeing them, uh, especially since we're going to be seeing the SSN Sprint, that SSN Sprint Car Series um, visiting those tracks a little more often. So if uh, we can all kind of get on the same page and same practices, you're exactly right. The drivers will have some expectations and kind of know what's going on as things evolve if, if they ever need it to be. One thing I really like that you were talking to me about when we were chatting about this last week is that it's not a one-way information send. It's not, hey, we're Eagle Raceway, we're the Four Corners Fire and Safety Team. This is how we do it. 
you guys are also kind of looking for other teams to maybe put have some input as far mm-hmm. as maybe slightly better ways to do things or newer ways to do things. Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. That That's a really big part of why we wanted to open this session up. Um, Eagle, over the last few years, you know, we've had some pretty significant incidents. And again, thankfully, we've come out on the right side of each one of those, I think. Or I feel that way. And, um, you know, it'd be great to see other tracks to see what they're doing also when they get involved in those challenging moments. Um, and it's just, it's real eye-opening, I think. You hear about other incidents at other tracks across the country. There was already, I think, one this year down in Arizona where a guy got burnt up. And you just you hate to hear those things. But, I mean, if we can share information and gain new information, it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah, and some of the stuff you guys do, I'm, as you're kind of telling that story, I'm remembering last year, um, I, th- I think it might have been Taylor came into the announcer's booth and said, hey, because uh, we had an incident at the uh, at the uh, uh, Race Saver Nationals. And you guys have had had kind of a too busy of a time at the Race Saver Nationals. <laughs> and uh, I think Taylor said, hey, can you guys just kind of play some music and entertain the crowd? I think the Four Corners guys want to take a minute and collect their thoughts because they, they've had to deal with some stuff that uh, that they just need a minute. And I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And, that, and that's another good point. I'm glad you brought that up, Dan, is like – the fire safety guys, we got to work together with the track promoters, the announcers, the tow crew guys, the push truck guys, everyone, just so we all get on the same page. And when we get kind of strung out like that, you just need a minute to catch your breath and kind of re, uh, reground yourself and get off that adrenaline rush that happens. Because, um, you know, it was kind of quiet the first couple of days. And then those last two, I tell you what, we were just like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people may not see that behind the scenes and, and that's okay that's you know we don't want to be interrupting or you know try to be too disruptive but we still got to you know protect and serve uh when we're out there and yeah that was one of those times where it's really nice to have my spouse up in the tower next to you guys where i'm like hey tell them we need a break <laughs> we gotta <laughs> we gotta regather ourselves and see who's what and where's when and 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 make sure we're good so we're on our a game all the time because at Eagle Raceway, I mean, it's, as you know, one badass racetrack. So, yeah. I mean, it's elbows up all the time. There's there's never really much of a downtime. You're always going to be prepared. Uh, you know, just like you said, during, during nationals when, you know, the individual had that incident with that, you know, the mishap with the firework and it's something that you never prepare for, you never expect, but you got to deal with it. And, you know, our team did a great job. So, well, and, it, go ahead, Dirk. And next, next time, just don't play Disco Inferno when that's happening. <laughs> we actually made a conscious effort uh a year or two ago to remove any music from our library that could have to do with fires or explosions or stuff like that so it's not even on the computer to play anymore but what i was going to say was it's it's easy to um to forget or or at least move on you know i I can imagine the race fans sitting there kind of wondering what was going on we didn't have a lot of information in that situation and then um and then we kind of took a break. So it, it it's easy for, for a fan to, okay, cautions back out, red flags off, cautions back out. We're going back to racing. And you forget that the guys that were first on the scene might need a minute to catch their breath and deal with what they just saw. Yeah, no, we definitely appreciate that. It, it was, uh, again, it's a whole track effort. You know, Roger and Racine put on a really great show there. I mean, um, they, they like to keep, you know, the show going 
for a lot of obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, as you guys as announcers can keep, you know, the fans occupied a little bit while we're trying to, you know, do what we need to do to get reset. And it's, it's a great system I think we have. And relatively speaking, we've been out there a long time, you know, a few decades, I guess, doing the fire safety. But, um, you know, people come, people go. So that's the reason why we want to do these trainings as much as possible and, and bring in some other tracks. So that way we can, you know, just keep learning and growing together. And that was something I would never thought of um, two years ago. You know, when we had incidents about, hey, man, give us a few minutes to reset um, just to catch our breath. So it's it's nice to have. We're talking with Ben Glantz of the Four Corners Fire and Safety Team. They've got a training event coming up this Saturday at Eagle Raceway starting at 11 a.m. If you are a uh, safety crew member at uh, another racetrack, you're more than welcome to come down. Uh, it's a free event, correct, Ben? Yeah, it's all free. We're even going to be providing lunch. Uh, we got a couple of great sponsors that are going to help us out with that lunch. Um, and uh, it just be kind of like a pulled pork sandwiches and chips type of deal. And um, yeah, it's a free event. So come on down and get a free lunch and, and maybe maybe pick something up and or even teach teach someone else something. Is this open to fans to also be able to come and watch and kind of see the behind the scenes of what you guys do? Um, at this time, not so much just because I don't have enough staff for all that. It'd be hard saying who would all show up, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, if you're, if you're family, of uh, one of those firefighters or one of those guys that's a part of that crew, or maybe even a, a driver or a pit crew, um, I think it'd be appropriate for you to come, uh, general fans may, um, maybe just be a little, maybe a little confused or not too sure what we're all doing. If you're not, um, mm -hmm. you know, as, as in deep in it as other um, folks might be so at this time it'd be just other racers their pit crews and other tracks is what we're really trying to attract to this event because you know eagle raceway fans they got an opportunity to go out and sit out on the track and just watch people <laughs> yeah at this point exactly <laughs> and i only got so much pulled pork to go around so <laughs> uh Maybe next year we'll open it up and sell some general admission tickets and see if I can't get Racine to open a concession stand or something. We'll see. <laughs> we I just saw her today, actually. She's she's getting a little bit uh, stressed with the appro quickly approaching start of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's among us for sure. Uh, full PPE required because that's kind of one of those things. I'm glad you put it on the flyer because somebody would show up in jeans and a T-shirt and look for yeah. some training, but we're going to be dealing with some live fire situations. So they're going to need to be protected. Yeah, absolutely. With the live fire stuff, we want to make sure everyone has their flash protection, the appropriate PPE, personal protective equipment. Like you said, um, the people that know what that is, will know what to bring. Uh, if not, they can call me and we can kind of go over that. I'm not really expecting the guys to bring full bunker gear unless that's all you got. Um, but extrication gear for sure. And then not just during the live fire, but also while we're cutting up those chassis and stuff, there's going to be some sharp edges. And I just don't want anyone to have to get any stitches or band-aids handed out while we're out there that day. So uh, my crew, we wear helmets, Nomexes, gloves, and extrication gear head to toe and leather boots. Um, I, uh, I started enforcing the helmet deal about two years ago. Uh, because of a personal incident where I got a little gash in my head. And then just last year, one of our uh, tow truck guys, exact same thing happened to him. So um, that's a little unique to us. Um, but I know some other tracks are starting to come on board with helmets. Um, I, I think it's a good thing to have. So 
Well, Dirk, how many times have has it gone through dirt racing history where something like that's happened, where it's been one of those minor incidences, and, and somebody like Ben was like, uh, might be a good idea for us to start wearing this. It hasn't happened yet, but it very easily could. Well, I don't know. By the time I really got involved in that end of the sport in 89, I think most of it had probably happened and, and been taken care of. I can always remember Speedy Hill and, and the gang always wearing, you know, either heavy lever gloves or fire retardant gloves. You know, they, they were always protected pretty well. Ben, appreciate your time. Have fun this weekend. I was really looking forward to coming, but uh, I got my schedule all mixed up. And unfortunately, Sarah and I have got a uh, getaway vacation down to Kansas City we've had booked for a little while, so I'm not going to be able to make it. But James is going to be out there. He promises he's going to eat a second pork, pork, uh, a pulled pork sandwich <laughs> for me. And uh, I'm going to get try to get him my camera this weekend. And uh, so he can shoot some footage and maybe we can use it for uh, some promotional stuff at the track. But um, any other information you want to make sure and get out before we wrap it up today? Um, no, just, you know, hey, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to coming on and, and saying hi to you guys and all of the uh, guys I've talked to, uh, you know, Kurt Bonner, the, the tow truck and auto connections. They've been great. Kurt was kind of one of the guys pushing me to open it up to some other tracks as well and encouraging that. And then um, Scott Angel and just all of our other sponsors. I, I really appreciate all their help in making this happen this year. And, uh, you know, and again, encouraging all the other local tracks, please come out. Um, you know, if anything, just, you know, you don't have to participate. Just hang out and watch some things and maybe, you know, share some stories and, and let's um, let's grow this thing. So it'd be great to do it again next year. This Saturday at Eagle Raceway, starting at 11 a.m., get there a little bit early. Uh, you can call Ben for more information. You can send him a message on Facebook Messenger, 402-810-0879 is his cell phone number. You can find it on the flyer on the Four Corners Fire and Safety Team Facebook page. Uh, that is four number four corners fire and symbol safety on Facebook. Pretty easy to find. And then, uh, like I said, you can reach out to Ben personally, and uh, he can get you more information on that. Also looks like fourcornersfiresafety.com, F-O-U-R on that one, fourcornersfireandsafety.com. Ben, we get it all? Yeah, man, no, I'm good. This, Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing everybody and to my crew that pits up with me during the offseason. Uh, we look forward to start racing. So. Hey, Dan, I mean, look- are you going to come clean now? And, and the reason you're not really going is because he just said pork sandwiches and didn't say the beer word. <laughs> Derek, you know I I roll with beer all the time. <laughs> My new job, I don't need anybody to supply beer anymore. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good luck this weekend, Ben. Can't wait to see you at the racetrack in a couple of weeks. Absolutely, guys. You take care. Thanks again. That's going to do it for us for today's show. Big thanks everybody for listening. Ben, thanks. Big thanks to Ben for joining us at turn number two. Make sure to join us for Thursday's episode. We're going to get you more information about Sunday's race at uh the circus of the americas that's our clever name for that racetrack is what it turned into a pretty big circus a couple of weeks ago right or a couple of years ago it should be the official name of the place let's put it (laughs) it's gonna be in texas so we'll be covering that coming up Stu snyder will join us on thursday he'll talk about his 2022 season plans for 2023 and oh so much more make sure you uh like it up and share it up so that way we can continue to grow as the front stretch. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. Big thanks to Joe's Carding, Quaker Steak and Lube, Rick Haven Ridge are both partners, and Taylor Computers and Repair. This has been the front stretch.
We all have that coworker that runs their mouth off at how great they are. They shot a five under par, 95 mile an hour fastball, bench press 375, brah. Wouldn't you love to shut them up by schooling them at Joe's Karting? Council Bluffs premier indoor karting track, professionally designed so each corner is your opportunity to embarrass your coworker. Call Buddy for your next company outing at 712-256-5278. Joe's Karting, white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue next to AMC 17. Quaker Steak and Lube in Council Bluffs continues to offer the best wings, burgers, and steaks seven days a week, along with great daily specials. Mondays are Kids Night, where kids eat for just 99 cents with the purchase of an adult entree. Tuesdays is All You Can Eat Wings Night for just $17. Enjoy a half rack of baby back ribs for just $13.50 on Wednesdays, and you choose on Thursdays for just $12. You can pick between 15 fried shrimp, a pickup cheeseburger, 15 breaded wings, or six boneless wings. Check out Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs on Facebook for all their daily specials. Get too quick to steak and lube. 